Yeah, man, what's up? You guys doing good? Feeling good? Some of you are. Some of you aren't sure. So look at the person next to you and say, you going to be all right? You going to be all right? I can always tell when a, when a church loves their pastor um, because they're disappointed that you're standing up there. And so I just want you to know it's his fault because he invited me. And if you're a guest, uh, make sure you come back next week uh, to hear uh, Pastor Dalton. I know you'll be blessed by it. Uh, today's more, I'm like a pinch hitter, pinch hitter, so I'm filling in a little bit, but you don't want to make miss next week. Make sure you come back. And uh, Yeah, coming all the way from Cincinnati, right outside of Cincinnati. And so, matter of fact, let's just intercede for the Bengals, zero and three. Lord, help us, Jesus, please do a miracle. Give us a victory over the Browns. We don't want total and complete shame. We want to have a little bit of dignity. Amen. Amen. So, yes, uh, so, so glad to be here with you. Your pastors are legends uh, to me. Again, when I was just a young uh, little lad, uh, went to school. He was a youth pastor there, and so they're just legends uh, in my mind. And I try not to think about how I saw them then now, or I would get intimidated just preaching um, in front of them. So I just do my best to forget all those things, but legends, generals served in the kingdom, fought devils for you, overcame pain and doubts and disappointments and struggles and fasted and prayed and believed and questioned, all those things they had to overcome and push through to be here with you to build this great church, amazing church. And so, uh, so they are legends to me. It's an honor for me to be here hanging out with you. Thank you so much for the privilege. And it's a privilege for me to be able to talk to you just to give you a little bit of background on me, who I am. Like he said, I've been married, just, just had my 20 year anniversary. So that's right, 20 years. And somebody asked me, how do you, how do you stay married for 20 years? And, um, you don't get a divorce. That's, that's how you do it. And uh, somebody said, What's, do you have any advice? And I just forgive. And then forgive again. And then forgive again. And then forgive and forgive. You'll act like you have no problems. And you keep on forgiving. Because marriages don't break down. Our forgivers break down first. And so a lot of forgiving that we've had to do. And uh, mostly on her part. Um, but... But that's why I love the Bible, because, you know, you can use it to manipulate. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's messed up. But you are guilty of that sometimes. And so anyway, uh, we um, have two daughters, 19, so a sophomore in college, another daughter that's a junior uh, in high school. And my daughter that's a junior just officially got her full license where she can drive on her own. So she, this is about three days, three days she's been driving on her own, which means that her mom and I have been set free, delivered, right? This is like, we came out of Egypt, right? Having to run your kids around everywhere. That's, that's bondage. And we've been set free, but you have not been set free because now she's on the road. And so if you come to Cincinnati, you're driving through Northern Kentucky for any reason, uh, just know you're going to have to make sure your guardian angel is healthy, awake, and ready. And so two great daughters, great church there, Seven Hills. If you know anybody in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, I'm shameless about it. 
Tell them to come visit us. Go up, come up and visit and bring them with you. And uh, just think that you have a sister church over there, family church, and uh, bring them and uh, invite them. Uh, and if they're not right with God, we'll believe that they'll get right with God. And uh, we'll do everything we can to partner with you and help them, serve them, love them, and, uh, and see God fulfill all he has for them. So maybe invite them out, bring them, come see us. We would love that. Uh, an amazing church there that I'm humbled, humbled uh, to have an opportunity to watch and be a part of. This morning, Pastor Tommy Barnett, if you don't know him, uh, he's a legend in the kingdom, is preaching for me. So I slipped up. I told Pastor Dalton, I think a couple weeks ago, I'm like, hey, hey, hey. He'll be there sat Friday for a men's thing, and then he's there Friday, and I think I could just bounce out if you want to come hang out. And he's like, yeah, if you want to hang out, then you can preach too. So, uh, so I'm more about hanging out, but I figured, you know, you know, give him a day off too, you know, at least not having to preach. You don't know how much pressure it is to come up with new sermons all the time. New stuff all the time is hard stuff. That's hard. You, you don't think it is, but it's because then you have to act like you want to talk about what you're talking about. Sometimes you don't want to talk about it. Sometimes you don't feel it. Y'all, some of you are here and you don't feel like being here, but you just get to like do that. We have to talk. You have no empathy at all. So, so yeah, we, um, great church there and um, loving it. God's doing amazing things. To give you a little bit about my background real quick before I get to the message, you, you want to turn to Matthew chapter 18. I'll try to not talk forever about this. I like to tell my testimony. Um, my testimony, just to give you a brief background on who I am, I didn't grow up in church. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 16 years old. I had a friend at school invite me to a youth event on a Saturday night. And he told me two things. He said they had uh, free ice cream and hot girls. And I liked ice cream and I liked girls. Come on. Y'all are too saved this morning, y'all. So I went to check out, you know, the ladies. That's why I went to church. And I had no idea that I'd hear this man talk about God and Jesus the way that he, he did. I'd never heard of John 3, 16. I'd never heard of David and Goliath. I'd never heard of Jonah. Never heard of any of those things. Never heard of the word saved. I never even knew what that meant other than it's like someone was dying and you saved their life or drowning and you saved it. Never even heard those terms in my whole life. And I'll never forget him preaching about the cross and he was so detailed in, in his, the picture that he painted about how horrific the cross was and how horrific the death that Jesus died was and, and how all that he went through and all that he faced was to pay the price for my sin. And having the sense as I sat there knowing that that my sin crucified Jesus in that way, just completely messed with me. And I'll never forget at the end, he said, if you're here and you wanna go to heaven and not hell, if you wanna serve God and not the devil, raise your hand. And so I raised my hand and my friend that was there next to me said, put your hand down, you're gonna mess with our game. We got girls to pick up, you gotta put your hand down. And I said, you can go to hell if you want to, I'm going to heaven. And I kept my hand raised and it's been incredible since then. 26 years ago, that day was, they gave me a little New Testament Bible 
Um, I still have it to this day. And just, I didn't know it was a Bible. I thought it was a book. They said, now you're a Christian. You have to read this book. I'd never read a book in my whole life, never read a book in my whole life. And so I started to read the Bible immediately. And I worked two jobs, plus I was in sports and all that. So I wasn't able to get to church. And I ran into the youth pastor. He said, hey, where have you been? I said, sorry, man, I work. You know, I work on Sundays. I've just not been able to get to church. And I said, but I've been reading that book you gave me. He's like, well, what, what book? I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's uh, I'm on like page, like, you know, 302. Uh, I, I was like, and I didn't know that there were different books. I thought it was just one book. And I was like, I read this thing about a guy named Matthew. And I read this thing about a guy named Mark. And I read Luke and then John. And I, I was like, I think I'm in something about Acts or something like that. So I just started going through all this stuff. I said, man, but the craziest thing is happening to me. I feel like I keep reading the same thing over and over again. It's like deja vu. I'm reading this book and I'm like, I know I've never read it before, but I feel like as I read it that I've read it before. And he's like, you know, that's because, you know, the four gospel writers are speaking about the same account from different points of view and, and explain that to me. So man, I was just so brand new, read the Bible two times, front to back, not new Testament, whole Bible, front to back. First year I was a Christian, fell in love with the Bible, fell in love with the scripture. And, uh, so for me to be able to talk about the Bible and talk about Jesus and the one who rescued me and saved me, uh, is such an incredible thing just to talk about him with you is an amazing opportunity. And I know that many of you know the same Jesus that I'm talking about. And so that's all we're gonna do together. Is that cool? We're just gonna talk about that Jesus and hopefully we'll leave here closer to him than how we came. So Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, a familiar scripture. I'm sure you've quoted it. If you've been in church any time at all, I'm sure you'll know exactly um, the verse I'm talking about. And it says, for where two or three, everybody say two, or three, say three. Why don't you put your hand up? Go two or three. Two or three. Okay, so two or three. Two or three. Are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. I want to talk to you about the God of more or less. Can we pray real quick? Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity once again, just to open up this incredible, incredible, amazing, life-giving, life-changing, God-inspired book. Thank you as you breathe on the writers as they wrote, they were inspired by your spirit. I pray that that same inspiration fall on our ears, our minds, to hear what you would say to each of us personally, individually, speak to us uniquely and definitively about those things that you want to speak to us about. I pray that you also free me up from any limitation that I bring to the table. God, any natural limitation that just is settled on my life for whatever reason, I pray that you push past that and you make up the deficit um, by your presence, by your anointing and by your power in Jesus name. We all said, Amen. You know, if I were speaking to anybody today, I would want to be speaking to people that feel overwhelmed or intimidated. 
those who feel disadvantaged or inadequate. If I were speaking to anybody specifically today, I would wanna talk to people that had this dream. The dream could have been in so many different areas. You know, the Bible says that that, that God, when he pours out his spirit, it's dreams and visions. So dreams, it's plural. Visions, it's plural. I don't know about you, but I don't have a dream in one area of my life. I have dreams. And sometimes I have a dream of more. I had a, a dream of what my marriage would look like, a dream of my children or a dream with my church. And maybe for you, it's business, or maybe for you, it's spiritual, or maybe for you, it's the way you saw yourself. And you have this dream of more and you imagined more, you imagined greatness, you, you imagined significance, but now you look at your situation and the dream looks nothing like you thought you it would and you've ended up with less. You know, there's a lot of times you can hear about the great things God is doing in people's lives. And you can hear about how God's moving in their life and what God's done for them and how God's rescued their kids or how God brought them that spouse, that perfect spouse, that spotless, wrinkle-free spouse, like the perfect one, like just came out of nowhere and, and you're still single and you're looking at your marriage and you hear about their marriage and how they go on date nights all the time and how they get along and perfect chemistry and they have the same hobbies together and they love each other all the time. And you look at that or you, you hear about their business or their financial breakthrough and you, you hear about it all. And then you look at your situation and you look at your arrangement and many times it's less. And what happens is while we're comparing our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel, we buy the lie that because I don't have what they have or because I don't have what I thought I would have or I imagined I would have because I have less that God is somehow limited as a result. But God is not limited because of your lack or the things in your life that you would define as less. You have to learn that God wants to do miracles in the more times of life, but he also wants to do miracles in the less times and in the less places of life. Calvary is truly about you and I never underestimating that God can take any of us, no matter what the situation looks like, no matter how much less it is than what we thought it would be, Calvary is all about knowing we don't have to sit around and worry about how defeated we are and whine and have a pity party and lick our wounds. The truth of the matter is God can do what he desires in our life, whether we see it, feel it, or it looks like it or not, because God can do what he wants to do and he can do it not with just the more, he can do it with less. God's never needed the majority vote. God's never consulted the statistics or he never looks at the odds that are stacked against you. And aren't you thankful that he never looks at you and says, well, you know, I've compared you to the other people and, and the odds are stacked against you. And just looking at you, you know, I, th I think that you're probably, you know, it's a long shot. I'm not really sure I'm gonna place my bets on you. I'm gonna go with the, the one that has more. That's not how God works. 
That's not what he looks for. God's never shackled by our limits. He's never restrained by, by the things that we look at and we say are less. That's not how God is. And I love this verse because it teaches us that he's the God of more, but he's also the God of less. Real quick, we'll walk through this verse. Number one, it says, where two or three gather together in my name. Everybody say his name. So the first thing I wanna say is no matter what your situation looks like, it begins by understanding that whatever you wanna do in life, wherever you wanna go in life, whatever you wanna build in life, whatever your heart is to have in life, it begins by asking yourself, is it in his name? Because a lot of times we look at less and we want more, but we want more and if he does give us more, it's not in his name. So whatever you do, you have to conclude, I, mean, I, I'm, I must make it about his name. Am I doing it for his name? Am I doing it for his glory, his honor? Am I doing it for him? Because Jesus is not a great moral teacher. He's not one that you line up beside all the great prophets throughout history or you line up as an equal but beside all the other religious leaders around the world or figures around the world. Jesus is not a symbol. He's, he's not just the head of a religion. There's absolute total authority in the name of Jesus. So never minimize what can happen in your life if you're doing it in his name. Whatever the less is like, if you wanna see him do more and you want to know it was him that did it, you have to do it in his name. You have to be able to say, God, I'm doing it in your namesake, for your namesake. I'm not just doing this for me. I want to make your name great. And if I have less and less means I'm making your name great, then less is fine. But if you, if you want to do more, I promise that as you do more, I'm doing it for your namesake. That's why we have to know that whatever we wanna see God do, it happens through his name. Victory comes through his name. Healing still comes through his name. Financial breakthroughs come for his, not for my name, for his name. Hope and salvation, all of that comes when you say, God, whatever it looks like now, depressed, discouraged, broken, in a dark place, I, I don't wanna stay in less. I, I know that you're here with me in less, but if you want to see God do more, it begins by saying, I know that whatever you do, my life is about his name. Number two, it's not two or three gathered in his name. That's not what the verse says. It doesn't say if two or three gather in his name, he'll be there. It says two or three gathered together. So evidently, there's a difference between being gathered 
and being gathered together. So the Bible here is clear that you can be gathered, but not be together. You can be gathered and be scattered. You can be gathered and be divided. You can be here, but you're not here. You can, you can be in a place, in a relationship, but yet you're not together. So you have to be gathered together, gathered together. You know, there's a difference between being for someone and being with someone. And a lot of us believe because we're for something, that means we're with something or we're for someone that that means we're with someone. For someone just means I don't, I don't want bad things to happen to somebody, right? I don't, I don't sit around most of the time and hope bad things happen to people. Now I've got some people sometimes, but for the most part, I'm for people. I'm for them. I want good things to happen to everybody. I don't, I don't wanna hear about something bad happening to somebody. And if I do want that, and it did happen, I'd feel horrible about myself for even wanting it. Now I get to hear about it. Anybody know what I'm saying? So I'm for people. I'm for people doing great in life. I'm, I'm for, and I, I want those things. And you know, a lot of people are for me. Yeah, want Marcus to do great. Want, heck, you're he, here in this service and maybe you're for me. Maybe you're like, I hope he gets on the other side of the beginning part of this sermon because so far, it's less, not more. But listen, being for someone does not mean you're with them. If I'm with you, doesn't mean I want good things to happen. Doesn't mean I just don't want bad things to happen. It doesn't just mean I want you to win the battle. I want you to win the fight. It doesn't mean I just don't, I, 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 don't, I hope that you don't lose. It means I am with you. With you means if you're in a fight, I'm in a fight. If you're facing a struggle, I'm facing a struggle. If you're down, I'm down there to help you come back up. With somebody means I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm in it with you. I, I, I'm not just cheering you on as you go through it. I'm jumping into it with you. The Bible here says we can be gathered, but that's not what God looks for. He doesn't look for gatherings. He looks for people in places that are gathered together. The Bible says one mind, one accord, and in one place. That they gathered, one mind, one accord, one place. They gathered, but they gathered together. And then what happened is God moved. So we don't have 3,000 different doctrines. We have differences with people, but at the end of the day, it comes down to we believe that Jesus was the only son of God, that he came, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a horrible death on a horrible cross for my sin, for your sin. He died, he went into the grave, 
Three days later, he got back up. He was raised from the dead. He walked the earth for 40 days with many infallible proofs. On the 40th day, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. That's what we believe. Then he said, go wait and tarry in Jerusalem. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. You're gonna be endued with power from on high to go out and be witnesses in the earth. We know that that's what makes us a people, a church is those things. And my bottom line, my point is simply this, that we have to gather, but we have to make sure that we're together. We can pull apart for so many different reasons. The problem with pulling apart is you don't have any power. What gives us weight is when we're together, right? That's to get being pulled together. It's called density. Density is this. So, so if we're hanging out at my house and I decided to be you know, my old self, and you're just sitting there and I grab a pillow and I just decide to hit you as hard as I can. You'd get mad at me maybe a little bit and you'd grab a pillow and you'd hit me back and we'd have a pillow fight, right? Anybody ever been in a pillow fight? Come on, you just need to go home today and have a pillow fight. If you're married, have a pillow fight with your spouse. Wives hit the man first. But you can fight with a pillow because a pillow's not dense, right? Now, if I put bricks in that pillowcase and hit you, then you're not gonna hit me back, right? Because it had weight. But the difference between a pillow and bricks is density. But what makes something dense is all the molecules pulling together. And the more tightly the molecules are pulled together, the more dense something is, which in turn means the weightier it is, which means when I go to use it, the more weight and power it has on what I'm trying to do with it. And a lot of times in church, we come together, but we're so scattered, we're so pulled apart, we're so divided, we're so all off in our own way and we don't know how to pull together. And the problem with that is God wants to come and do something with us, but it's just like we're a joke to the devil because there's no weight. But when we pull together, I set my agenda over here and you set your agenda over there and I set my opinion over here and this opinion over here and I'm not gonna blast every opinion I have on Facebook and everywhere else because I know my brothers and sisters at church are on Facebook too and I'm gonna leave all that stuff somewhere else in my prayer closet. But when we come together, we're gonna come together in one mind, one accord. Why? Because that's where the wind blows. That's where the rushing power of God comes. That's where the fire from heaven comes is when we come together. We're gathered together. Number three, and I love this part of the verse. It says we're two or three are gathered together. I love this side of Jesus because three is the goal. Three is perfection. Three is the highest level. He says, this is what, this is what I desire, three. But if you give your best and you're not a three, if you come to me and you're not at the goal, you're not at a three, God does not say, I'll boycott you, turn around, 
go figure it out and come back when you're a three. He said, if there's three more, I'm there. But if there's two less, I'm there. Because he's faithful when we bring the three, but he's also faithful when we bring our two. He's faithful whether we have more or whether we have less. God's grace, thankfully, is sufficient, not only when I have more, but his grace is sufficient when I have less. Matthew chapter 13. The Bible talks about a man who he went and he sold everything that he had. Everything he had that he had. And this is what the Bible says. This is what the kingdom of God is like. He sold everything that he had to buy a treasure in a field. And what's amazing is somehow, some way, he had the exact amount that he needed when he sold everything to buy the field and get the treasure. We don't know what he had. We don't know how much he had. But the Bible says the kingdom of God is like a guy who sees the treasure and he goes back and he takes everything that he's got and he sells it and whatever that brings, that's the exact amount that's needed to get the treasure. And what we think is we always look at what we have and we think it's just not enough. We take inventory, it's not enough, it's not enough. There's just not much here. I know God wants to do this with me and I know God wants to do that with me. I know God has this, this treasure that he wants to, to, to pull out of my life and this potential that he wants to pull out of my life and this gifting that he placed in this earthen vessel that he wants to pull out of my life. But I look at my life and it just isn't much. But the Bible says, if you just give everything that you have, it, the kingdom of God is not like a guy who sells everything and it's this massive amount and then it's enough to get the treasure. No, it's just a guy that sells everything that he had and whatever that is, that's enough to get the treasure. That's enough to get the kingdom of God working through your life. You know, when I look at my life, honestly, I've never been a three. I've never been a three. And I look at some of the things that God's doing in my life and I look at some of the favor that he's given me and I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. But I've not been a three. I know sometimes, I, and maybe, maybe it's just been recent, but I, I feel like somehow a switch has happened in my life where I, I feel like sometimes people see me like further along than what I am or like something I'm not. But I go back when I was 16 years old, I was in nothing. Almost died of a drug overdose. My dad's an atheist this day. My mom's still addicted to drugs. And I look back at where I came from, nothing, nobody, loser. Didn't even go to school my eighth grade year. Got kicked out of Bible college. I got kicked out. And the guy who kicked me out told me that I shouldn't be there because I didn't have any pedigree because my mom was so messed up and my dad was so messed up. And you know what? They're all right. Every one of them were right. I was a two. Heck, probably a one. Probably a zero. I wasn't a three. I didn't measure up. I look back to those days and, 
And I know the people that had it going for them. I, I know the pedigree. I know their families. I know where they came from. I wasn't that. And I would go out to my pickup truck and I had this burden to, to preach. And I would go out there and, 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 and I'd preach in my pickup truck. And I'd just be in there and I'd be preaching, spit flying everywhere. And, and, and I, I still to this day go back to those moments and those sermons and and I felt the anointing so strong and I felt the presence of God so strong. And I'll pray to this day and I've been in incredible places, massive places. I spoke to over 500,000 young people in India, 10,000 pastors. I, I, I've been in some places and I'm not bragging. I need you to know my prayer to this day is Lord, somehow, some way when I'm there preaching at Bethel Harvest, would you please let me feel just a little bit of the touch of God that was on me in that pickup truck. It doesn't matter if you're a three with God. He's not looking for threes. He's not looking for, I mean, it's great if you are a three. I look at my kids now and they got the three. They got all those things and God can do the, those things with them. I don't want them to have to experience life that, like I did. That, that's, that's what God can do, but I'm not just here to talk to threes. I, I'm here to talk to some twos. Yes. Yes. And just let you know, he's the God of more, but he's also the God of less. Yes. Remember the prodigal son, he's down to nothing is what the Bible says. And he comes to himself and he says to himself there in that hog's pen. And he says, I'm a zero, but if I can go back to my father's house, maybe I'll be a two. He never thought he'd be a three. He said, maybe he'll make me a two. And he comes walking back to his father's house and he comes walking back and at no point was who he was changing. But he comes and the Bible says the father comes out and meets him still flawed, still messed up, still not what he hoped he would be, imagined he would be. But the father comes out and meets him when he's in the less place. It's been amazing to me to watch God do things over the years when I look at my life and in my mind, I'm not the kind of person that God should quite be using in the way that he's using. Still flawed, still, still broken in areas, still thinking to myself like, Sarah and I should be better and I should be more spiritual and I should pray more and I should be more holy and I should, I should love more and I shouldn't be tired as much and I, I should have more passion and, and, and I, 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 should, I should wanna win the loss more and I should wanna sacrifice more. But, but sometimes I'm still just a two. But like Pastor Dalton, he stole my line by the way. Which is fine, you can have anything I have, it's yours. I'm with you. Revival isn't a destination, it's a direction. You don't have to be a three. You just point your life in the direction. That's the, 
Bible says everything that he was lacking, the father came to try to make up for it, right? It didn't matter who he was. Our issue, and I'm gonna probably close with this. I wouldn't even plan on closing with this. Our issue is not how God sees us. It's not. Because if we saw us the way God saw us, our issue is how we see him. We really think somehow he's not good. He's not able. And we would never say that spiritually because we like our cliches, but we limit what he can do because when we look at us, we don't think he can do it with less. We know he can do it with more. We see him do it with more. And then they're more. So that's why God does that. But with me, no, not me. If you knew what I knew about me, you wouldn't be saying God could do those things. No, I'm telling you that you have to not worry about how you see him. How does he see you? How does he think about you? How does, the Bible says his thoughts are good. His thoughts are, are amazing and big. His plans are to prosper you and give you a hope. In closing, one last story and I'll be out of here. When I took the church over that I pastor now, it's been 13 years ago and um, I was 29 years old and I was a, a very successful youth pastor. I'd been a, you know, I spoke all over the world. If I named a church, I probably in some way or another preached a conference for them and um, I took this church in Florence, Kentucky, right down the road. And I thought it was gonna be incredible, man. I thought I'm gonna show up, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna, this is gonna, they don't know what hit them. This is gonna be amazing. And I show up and it's not amazing. And more people are leaving than are coming. And I had all kinds of stuff that was there. I had notes that were ballooning that we couldn't get refinanced. And it was all gonna go down on my watch. Those people hated me, man. They wouldn't say that, but man, they did. I saw the way they looked at me. I'd quote that verse every week before I'd preach. You know, do not look at their faces (laughs) because their faces say everything. They were there because they'd been there before. They were there because of whatever reason, but they were not there because of me. And more people were leaving than were coming. We at one point sat down and had a board meeting and we concluded we had three months. If we could stop spending and giving did not keep dropping, three months, best case scenario, and we'd shut the doors. Right in the middle of that, there was some other things that happened that I don't wanna get into that basically led several hundred more people out the doors. And because I was so focused on all that stuff and because I was so, I felt like I was gonna fail and I felt like who would ever want a failed pastor to come work for him. And and here I am, I came to help this church and I've ruined this church. And started to affect my family. It started to affect my marriage. 
and I felt like that was falling apart. I was falling apart. I couldn't sleep. I lost like 60 pounds. Right now I'm walking around probably like 190. So you imagine what I would look like 50, 60 pounds lighter than I am right now. Couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Couldn't sit down. I just paced all the time trying to, because I felt like I was trapped and I felt like there was nothing I could do. And I just kept trying, surely there's something I could do. All the people that I thought would call or reach out, none of them, all of them quit answering their phones because it was such a devastating story. They didn't even want to talk about it because it scared them. And finally on a Wednesday night, I picked up the phone and I called my pastor and I said, listen, I just, I can't do it anymore. I don't believe what I'm saying. It's not that I don't think God can do it. I just, I just know it's, it's not for me. It's not for me. I don't know how, why I was so arrogant to think I could do this. I don't know what lie I bought to think that I was somebody that could make this happen. And I don't cry. If you knew me, you'd know I don't cry and I couldn't stop crying. I said, Pastor, I just need you to know that I'm not going into this church tonight. I'm not going into that service. I'm not doing this ever again. I'm done. I, I can't do it. It wasn't fake. It wasn't conjured. It wasn't dramatic. I was done. And I said, man, I just don't know how to do it. I want to do it, but I don't know how. I want to be out, out on it all, like move to Hawaii and sell surfboards kind of thing. And he said, this is what you're going to do. He said, you're going to wipe your tears. He said, you're going to grab the Bible and you're going to go in there for 30 minutes. You're going to love those people through what you say. And you're going to, you're gonna, with your whole heart, do the best you can, and then you're gonna come back to your office and you're gonna continue crying. And he said, and then by the way, you'll have more of these days than I care to talk to you about right now. And I went down and I didn't wanna be there. I didn't feel like being there. I was a two, I wasn't a three. But now if you drive by Interstate 75 and I'm not bragging, you'll see a massive building, thousands and thousands of people coming. And there was a journey there, I'm not saying that, but a lot of it came just when I finally settled. I may never be the Jensen Franklins and I may never be on Christianity Magazine and I may never be this number one and this big thing and that big thing I may never be that. I may always be a two. But I made the decision. God, I'm gonna let you use me. Broken. And if it falls, it falls. And if it burns to the ground, it burns to the ground. If nobody's there, nobody's there. But I learned he's the God of more. And we experience God today. I'm not saying we don't. I love my church and I'm thankful. And I'm not bragging, it's a blessed church today. But man, he was so God in the less times too. 
Can I pray for you? To not give up, to not lose heart, to not grow weary, to not back down, to not buy the lie. I love what Paul the apostle said. He said, he said, I wanted to go to you, but Satan hindered me. In other words, he said, I, I don't want to be here. I want to be there, but Satan hindered me. But Paul eventually got to the place he wanted to go. It lets us know that Satan can hinder you, but you're never defeated. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your people. Here we are gathered in your name. There's only one reason to have the conversation that we've had today. It's for your name. It's for your glory. It's for your honor. Our name means nothing. This is for your name. This is for your glory. We're here gathered together, hopefully. Laid aside all the things that cause us to pull back and hold back and resist and not buy in and not be invested. All the walls that we build, we, we lay those aside and we, we gather together, we gather together. Most of us twos, most of us less thought we would be threes, thought our marriage would be threes, thought our kids would be threes, thought. but we're looking at it and we're a two. But I thank you that you're the God of more and you're the God of less in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Encourage someone now, we ask you. Lift someone now, we ask you. Strengthen someone now, we ask you. In your name, we ask you. And we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're for us. In Jesus' name.